I've had a lot of time to think about what I wanna say. Let's just say it has taken me some time to ponder. He was my son. No mother should have to see their child die, especially not this way, especially not him. I mean, it's not like I didn't have warning, but that was almost worse. For 33 years, I waited in dread to see what would happen to Jesus. God trusted me with his life, with his son. Every fiber of my being wanted to protect him. If I could have, I would have just taken him away from the world for safekeeping. But of course I couldn't do that. Danger or not, to keep Jesus from the rest of the world would have been beyond selfish. So I let him go. I watched him start his ministry. I watched him when others began to see in him what I had witnessed his whole life, and they followed him. I watched when opposition mounted. I, I, I wanted to warn him when I saw the leaders whispering in the background. I wanted to check up on him more than I did. But he had work to do. <sighs> There's so much brokenness. Everywhere Jesus went, uh, it was like evil was working overtime. I watched Jesus heal the sick. I listened to him preach. I saw him command demons to come out of those who were tormented. I could not have been more proud or worried. I was right. A mother always knows that I hadn't been warned. Still, it was, it was such a surreal moment. My son, my innocent son, the, the servant who only came to bring joy and light to the world. They pounded nails into my son and hung him from a cross. I couldn't watch. But I couldn't leave. Uh, there, there's no describing this pain. Imagine if, if someone took a sword and slowly pierced your side, then deeper, like your soul is being pierced. That's how it, that's how it felt. That's how it felt to watch my son die. I watched from my knees, my soul pierced. Over and over again, I asked myself in disbelief, even as I lowered Jesus from the cross after thrusting a sword into his side, is this really how it ends? So, we are continuing on in this series called Were You There? And um, just for those of you who may not be aware, we are going back into time to the events that revolved around Good Friday, that very first Good Friday, and we're looking at all of those events through the eyes of those who were there. 
So in our first installment, we looked at John the Baptist, and of course he wasn't there, but John the Baptist preached a message of repentance that encourages us, it moves us to go to the cross where we can find God's forgiveness. And then we looked at Mary Magdalene, and we learned from her, we discovered what it means to be a fully devoted servant of Christ. And then just last weekend, we looked at the Roman centurion, and we learned how God's grace can break through even the most hardened of hearts. Today, as you know, we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. And to just start us off, I want to do a little quiz. It's just two questions, and they're true-false, so it's really, you get a 50-50 shot of getting it right. So here they are, okay, two, two uh, true-false questions. Number one, and, and just shout out the answer, okay? Um, Jesus was an only child. What do you think, true or false? false? False, that's right, thank you very adamantly. Yes, he had brothers and sisters. Actually, he had siblings, and they were step-siblings. He had four step-brothers and an unknown number of step-sisters. Uh, and I call them step-siblings because remember, Joseph wasn't Jesus' biological dad. Right? Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit while Mary was still a virgin. So right, you know, later, after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had other kids, but Jesus was not an only child. All right, second question, true or false? Uh, Mary was holy and without sin. What do you think? True or false? False. You weren't too sure about that. A lot of people think that maybe Mary is holy, that we should pray to her, but the Bible never says that. Mary was just an ordinary person who had her own share of very real struggles and very real flaws and worries, but she was used in an extraordinary way, right? She was the mother of the Savior of the world. So, yeah, she was... She was just an ordinary person that God used in an extraordinary way. One more thing, by the way, um, we don't know exactly when, but at some point, uh, Joseph, Jesus' dad, stepdad, um, at some point before Jesus started his earthly ministry, so about age of 30, Joseph died. So Mary was also a widow. Now, Mary was fully aware that Jesus was God's son. But she did not know when she was holding Jesus in her arms on that first Christmas that he would be nailed to a cross. And yet on that first Good Friday, she was there. It says this in John 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. It says, when Mary... I'm sorry, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, because this is the gospel of John, this passage comes from the gospel of John, many people believe, I think rightly so, that the disciple to whom Jesus is speaking is the apostle John. And we're going to look at him next week, okay? But today, we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we're going to look at what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Think about it. You know, Mary, at some point, had to decide, didn't she? She had to decide whether she was going to be the mother of Mary or, I'm sorry, the mother of Jesus or the, a follower of Jesus, she had to decide whether she was going to hang on to her grip on him as her son or see him as God's son, her Lord. 
And, and the reason why I share this with you is because there are a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, and, and they don't follow him. They don't at all. He's not the Lord of all of their life, at least not maybe their career or maybe their need for popularity or their relationships or whatever. So what I want to do is I want to look at Mary's life today with you. And I'm going to look at what it means for us today in 2021 to be a follower of Jesus. Because it means a couple of things. First, following Jesus involves obedience. Over the years of my ministry, I've met a lot of people who claim to be a follower of Jesus. And who I quickly learned were not that by just the way they lived. And maybe you've seen people like that. Maybe you've met people like that. But the, the fact is, being a follower of Jesus means more than just saying you know that he exists, right? It's actually, it's actually doing what he asks you to do. When Mary was a young teenage girl and, and she was engaged to Joseph, the angel of the Lord came and announced to her that she was pregnant, she, of course, had to pass that information on to mom and dad, as well as Joseph, which could not have been fun. Plus, there's the shame of it all, plus the reality that she could be stoned to death. So for Mary, being obedient to God's plan, it was risky. It was scary, and I'm sure at times, very hard. But look at how she responds she says this in Luke 1, verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Wow. Mary says, all right, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'm all in. I trust you and I'm going to obey you. And that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Okay, it doesn't mean that you decide when you're going to follow him and when you won't. Nope. It doesn't mean that you're going to decide which parts of the Bible you're going to listen to and then which parts that you're going to ignore. No. Jesus says this in John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Mary's obedience showed that she loved Jesus. And that's what allowed her to follow him all the way to the cross. And, and, and God is looking for you to be just as obedient in your dating life, in your thought life, with your finances, right? With, with the work that you do, all of it. And yes, I get it. Being obedient to God in every arena, every arena is risky. It's scary and it can be hard. But remember, with God, all things are possible, right? 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 And, and so just ask him for the help, the, the strength, the courage, whatever you need, and he will give it to you. And then look to the cross, because there on the cross, you will see just how much Jesus loves you. Remember, Jesus was obedient to death, even death on the cross for you. So there's your motivation. Jesus went to the cross so that, so that you could be forgiven of everything you've ever done wrong, including the times when you should have been obedient and you weren't. Beyond that, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do what God asks you to do. And from there, enjoy the blessings that God just pours on into your life when you live within his will. It's a blessing-filled life. You enjoy joy and peace, and there's a sense of integrity that you have, and then, of course, respect so that's just one thing we learn 
by looking at Mary as a follower of Jesus. That following Jesus involves obedience on our part, right? right? When we live the way God wants us to live, blessings will follow. Second thing is that following Jesus includes both joy and sorrow. Right? The good days and the not so good days. It, inc- it includes highs and lows. And you caught both of those emotions, well, at least I hope you did, in that video clip. How powerful was that? But there were other times when Mary had this, the, you know, the, the joy and the sorrow moments. One time is in Luke 2. Jesus is like 40 days old. And Mary and Joseph um, take him, because this is what you do, every Jew, Jewish family for their oldest son, they take him to the temple to have him dedicated, and then they go home. So they are going to the temple. Look at what it says here. Luke 2, when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, then it says this, Simeon was there. Now Simeon was a godly man, elderly man, whom God had promised that he would see the Messiah before he died. So it goes on and it says, he took the child in his arms and he praised God. So that's a definite joy for Mary, right? Definite high moment in her life. But then Simeon goes on, he says, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. Okay, so that's that's a sorrow. That's kind of a, a downer. But he goes on and he says, but he will be a joy to many others. I was, okay, all right, up there is a good, that's a high moment, right? Well, Simeon's not done talking. See, it goes on, he says, he has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him and a sword will pierce your very soul. So, so Mary's going through this, kind of this roller coaster of emotions, isn't she? But sometimes that's what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. You have those really good moments, those, those, those joy moments, and then you have those low moments, those sorrow moments. And and for those of you sitting here, those of you watching online, maybe you know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe there was this this joy moment when you were with your group of friends, you had had such a good time, and then the next time they go out, they don't invite you, they exclude you because of your faith. Or maybe there's this relationship that you had, you know, great relationship, but then you lose out on that relationship because as a follower of Jesus, there are just some things you won't do before you get married. So it's kind of a, you know, downer. Or maybe you get this great job, fantastic job, the greatest job you would ever, it's just so much fun, but you keep getting passed over, promotion after promotion, because you continue to act with integrity, while the rest of the team at your office continue to cut corners. See how it works? Being a follower of Jesus is not the path of least resistance. But listen to this, listen to me, hear me on this. Following Jesus is always the path of greatest reward always. So yeah, there will be times when you're feeling kind of down in the dumps at time of sorrow. But in those moments, remember Jesus is right there with you and he will help you overcome whatever hurt or pain or loss that you're dealing with. Jesus says in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. It's coming, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, look, when you follow me, I'll help you through those troubled times, those times of sorrow. I'll be there with you every step of the way. And that is um, just another thing that we can learn from Mary when it comes to following Jesus. Okay, that your life as a follower of Jesus is going to have some good times and you're going to have some not so good times. There's going to be joy and sorrow. All right, third lesson is that following Jesus is filled with miracle moments. Miracle moments are those times in your life, they're just amazing, but it's not coincidence. You just kind of know, this is just not some fluke. 
you can actually see God is behind it. He's orchestrating it. Right? He, God is, the, his fingerprints are all over it. And it could be this big thing. It could be this miraculous healing. But it could also be something small and insignificant too. Right? But they're happening. They happen all the time. What, what do you need to do? You just need to be watching for them. You just need to be watching for them. For Mary, I'm sure there were plenty of times when she encountered miracle moments. You know, literally. Right? But there's one time in particular that I want to look at. And this is when Jesus is 12 and Mary and Joseph and the rest of the family, they're traveling back after celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem. Now, as they traveled, they traveled in a big group because there's safety in numbers. And, and when you have a large group like that, there's usually extended family and friends. And the initial assumption was that Jesus was just kind of with the group somewhere. But then Mary and Joseph realized Jesus isn't here. And so they have to head back to Jerusalem. Can you imagine the prayer? that they must have been praying to God when they were traveling back to Jerusalem. Oh my goodness. God, you're going to laugh at this. You're going to think this is so funny, but um, we think we lost your son. <laughs> I mean, how do, you, how do you pray for something like that? Well, look at what happens. This is Luke 2, verse 46. It says, after three days. Okay, so three days, the son of God has been lost. Jesus has been lost. But after three days, they found him in the temple courts. And that's the first miracle moment. Finding your middle schooler after he's been lost. Not three hours, but three days. And what's he doing? He's sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And that's miracle moment number two. Their 12-year-older is schooling these well-educated religious leaders on what the Bible teaches. Well, the passage continues and it says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And he says, why were you searching for me? He asked, don't, didn't you know I needed, I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So Obviously, there were probably other miracle moments in the life of Mary. But notice what she does here with this one. And I'm sure she did it with others as well. She stored them in her heart, right? She didn't just forget about it. She clung tightly to it. She hung on to it. And as a follower of Jesus, there are going to be miracle moments that you will experience in your life. If you're looking for them, you'll see them, okay? And, and these are, you know, definitely moments, again, when God is at work. This is definitely a God thing, right? Jesus even says, he says in Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. So be looking for them. For the record, anytime someone is saved by God's grace, miracle moment. Anytime anyone is baptized, miracle moment. Anytime a marriage that is on the rocks and God heals it through maybe an event or a worship service or through a counselor, miracle moment. I mean, it, the list is endless. It could be, you know, the door that, is, that was closed opens or maybe it's an unexpected blessing. Okay, you just gotta be looking for them. But here's where I'm going with this. When you encounter one of those miracle moments in your life, don't just forget about it. It's like, oh, that was a fun thing. Store it in your heart. Cling tightly to it. All right? Maybe write it down or, or tell somebody else about that moment where God was at work in your life. 
Because that way, when tough times hit next time around, and they will, they'll come, when that comes, you can remember just how faithful God is. You can, you can re, it'll strengthen your ability to trust God in the fact that, that he is at work, and not just in your life, but in the lives of those around you. Okay, and that's a third thing. You can learn from Mary, her life as a follower of Jesus. That when you follow Jesus, you're going to have a life filled with miracle moments. Guaranteed. All right, number four. When it comes to following Jesus, it requires faithfulness. Obviously, it's easy, isn't it? When, you are, when, when you're experiencing miracle moments, boy, it's easy to follow Jesus then. It sure is easy when life is going smooth. But obviously, God also wants you to maintain that level of faithfulness when the bottom is dropped out, when things have gone south, when, when life is not going as you had planned. And, and I know that there were times in Mary's life when things did not go the way she wanted them to go. In fact, there's one time when Mary and her family tried to stop Jesus from doing ministry. It's in Mark 3. And just to kind of set the stage, Jesus is healing people left and right. He's casting demons out left and right. He doesn't take time to eat. And that catches Mary's attention. So it says this, Mark 3, verse 21. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Yeah taking matters into their own hands. And then just a few verses later, a few verses later, Jesus is having a discussion <laughs> with the religious leaders. Actually, it's an argument. And they get really angry at him. They get ticked off. So it says this in verse 31. It says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. And we don't know what they were going to do. I don't know what they wanted. I, we don't know their motive. I'm sure it was well-intentioned. But here's what I want you to pay attention to. Look at how Jesus responds. He says this. He says, who are, my mother, who, are, who are my mother and my brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Wow, okay, so ouch. I'm sure that must have not felt real well for, um, to Mary as she heard that. But I do believe that Mary at that moment, that was kind of a tipping point, don't you think? For her to decide whether she's going to continue to hang on to her role as Jesus' mom, as her his mother, or transition to become his follower. Whether she was going to continue to see Jesus as her son or see him as God's son, her Lord. Now we know through the Spirit's power, she followed Jesus as her Lord and she followed him all the way to the cross. But that's what faithfulness does. See, when the power of the Spirit is at work in your life, you can be faithful too in all those areas of your life. At your work life, your school life, at your home life, your recreational life, your relational life, whatever, every, all those areas. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to be faithful and become more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. And I'll tell you what, when that happens, God will reward that. In Hebrews 3.14, it says, If we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Mary was faithful in following Jesus all the way to the end, right? And the result, she's enjoying all that belongs to Christ. In particular, eternal life with him in heaven. I know it's hard to be faithful 
as a follower of Jesus, I, I'm right up in front of the line with the rest of you. I'm there. It's hard when you are the only Christian on the job. It's hard when you're the only Christian on your team. It's hard when you're the only Christian in your home, in your family, or in your neighborhood, or with your group of friends. But understand, the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to stay, to maintain that faithfulness to the very end. He will. And, and so just understand, that's another lesson we can pull from Mary when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. But there's one last thing, and it's this. Following Jesus takes humble submission. Now, we already know that Mary humbly submitted to God's plan for her to be the mother of the Savior of the world. Got it. Okay, we know that. God wants you to humbly submit as well. He wants you to humbly submit all of your life. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Being a follower of Jesus means humble submission. Just like Jesus humbly submitted himself to the cross for you. Right? And he did that. Why? So that you could be forgiven of all the garbage that you've done, all those bad choices, all the mistakes, all the failures, so that he could take that sin-damaged relationship that exists between you and God and heal it and restore it. He did it so that you could be the person that he created you to be and live the life that he desires for you to live. And ultimately, so that you will be in heaven with him forever. So what does all that mean? It means that in response to Jesus, who humbly submitted himself for you, that you don't, as a follower of Jesus, that you don't say, oh yeah, Lord, okay, uh, I'm going to submit this area of my life, um, but this area over here, it's still mine. It does not mean that you say, yeah, Lord, you can be in charge, you can be leader of this and this and this and this and this, but I am still going to be in control of this, 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 these areas. My career, my sex life, uh, what I do on the internet, uh, how much I, uh, how I spend my money, and so on. No, 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 no. That's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. <laughs> Being a follower of Jesus means you humbly submit everything. Even the nooks and the crannies. Even those areas nobody else on planet earth knows about. Not even, if you're, not even your spouse. Paul says this in Romans 6. He says, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. But rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. So let me just ask you, okay? All of you sitting here. Uh, where might your life be a little bit out of alignment with God's will? Okay, if this is God's will, where, where might you be out of alignment with him? And maybe it's something that he's asked you to do. It's really simple, but you just haven't gotten around to doing it. Maybe you're in a relationship that God says is not the kind of relationship you should be in, but you're still in it. Maybe it's something else that God is calling you to do and you just keep pushing them off. I don't know. Whatever it is, I do know this. For all of you sitting here, all of you watching at home right now, if there is an area that you have not humbly submitted, an area of your life that you have not handed over to the Lord, confess that right now. Seriously, right now. Just say, God, I'm sorry. There's this closet and nobody's gone in that. Nobody knows about it. You know about it and I do. Confess it. Confess it now. So that God can forgive it now. All right? And so that he can heal you now. And so that he can restore you now. And so that you can enjoy 
the power of being a follower of Jesus. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week, all right? Because I don't want to just give you all this information and then let you kind of fend for yourself. So here's a couple of things that I think might help. First, let me challenge you to ask God to help you be obedient in all areas of your life. There are areas when it's tough, when it's scary, when it's risky to obey God, to be faithful to him, to submit to him. You cannot do it on your own, so ask him. Ask him. The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. Ask him to help you, and he will. All right. Second, recall that following Jesus is always the path of greatest reward. Remember, we talked about that. It is not the path of least resistance, but it is the path where blessings are just going to be dumped into your life by God, and those blessings are going to spill over into the lives of those around you. And then the third thing, the third thing is actively look for miracle moments and praise God for them. All right, they're happening all the time. Just start looking for them and let me know, okay? Shoot me an email and just say, hey, this is a miracle moment. I'll share you dozens. There's so many and it's just so fun when they happen. And, and, and just celebrate that. Celebrate that joy and that excitement and, and, and just you know, let it remind you of how truly amazing it is. How truly amazing it is, like Mary, to be a follower of Christ. All right, would you pray with me, please? Let's ask for God's blessing upon this. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for Mary and her example of faithfulness as a follower. And Lord, we thank you for showing us what it means to be one of your, your followers. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for surrendering everything on the cross for us so that we could have a life with you a life that, that is now and forever. Jesus, bless this series and continue to bless us through it. We love you and we pray all this in your great and holy name. Amen.